This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager for New Perspectives. He's sitting in for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson today. We're going to take your calls and emails on your personal finance issues this morning, as we usually do. We'll also look at some ideas for reducing the cost of college. The number to call if you'd like to join in the conversation today is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Uh, hope you both are doing well. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything uh, interesting going on, Chris, and weekend? I know... Uh, no, just a busy weekend. We're, um, uh, you know, around football season, going back and forth, visiting my oldest daughter. Uh, my youngest one's kind of uh, high schooler, 12th grader, and uh, kind of ready to move along a little bit more toward the college. And so we're, if it works out this way, we're looking at two uh, next year, a freshman and a junior at Mississippi State. So um, uh, college will be fun for them. And mm. I don't know about fun for mom and dad. <laughs> you know, I talked to a friend of mine. He said, you know, he had kids, and I think they were one or two or three in college. And he said in so many words, he said, they must think I'm a human ATM. <laughs> so... That might be where we are next year. So your younger daughter wants to go to a state also? Yeah, she did. She she was um committed to state probably years ago. Okay. And um so which is which is fine. No not a problem. Oh, now come on, Chris. Well, we know you're an old miss guy, so you know the <laughs> you know, side that's it, gotta it, you know, back yeah. Um <laughs> you know, it's a lot of history there on both sides of our family, but we're great, it's good. I, you know, what makes them happy and if they're safe and happy, that I think that really kinda of what it boils down to. And that's the way we look at it in our house. And Ryder Taft joining us this morning. Ryder, good to see you again. Good morning. Good to be here. Uh, tell us a little bit about what a portfolio manager does. Uh, so we're, we're, we're a small management team, so I kind of do a little bit of everything. But the, the main idea behind a portfolio manager is I'm the one with my eyes on accounts every day. And I not only look at the individual accounts, but I look at the securities in the accounts. Um, and we do we do regular reviews of both the accounts and the securities separately, and then make sure that's appropriate for the person. So it's getting my hands into the portfolio, into the account, and uh, making sure it's working right, and it's going to be the best for the client. All right. Uh, it looks like we have an early caller on the line, so why don't we start things off by saying good morning to Richard, who's called in, I think, from Alabama this morning. Go ahead, Richard. Yes, I'm calling from Saraland, which is in North Mobile County. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to raise some of my experiences I had with college costs. I mean, I'm just so amazed at how expensive things are these days. Because I, I went to Florida Southern College in Lakeland, Florida, from 1968 to 1972, graduated with a, a bachelor's degree in history, and my total cost was $2,200 per year. Oh, wow. So I graduated with less than $10,000. My sister, Andrea, graduated with a degree in um, science. Same cost, you know, a year after me. My sister, Janine, graduated with, with uh, three years and a degree in um, science because uh, that, that's three people with three college degrees with less than $30,000. Uh, oh. well, it's, it's less than $25,000. I, I just can't understand how expensive costs are these days. I mean, people will pay $30,000 for one year, and we had three degrees with that. 
Yeah. I'm just amazed at how expensive things have gotten. Yeah, there's a lot that's gone into the uh, huge, huge raise in, in college costs. Um, I think, I forget the exact numbers, but they've, the college cost inflation, higher education inflation has gone up at, at huge rates. And part of that is because there's a lot more people going to colleges, and those colleges haven't necessarily kept up with capacity like they should. And um, just uh, living expenses are increasing a lot. That's another big part of it. And as well, just because, um, you know, it's kind of part of the American dream. We've made it fairly easy to get loans. We've just made the loans bigger and bigger. And so when somebody is just giving more and more people money to do something that isn't really expanding capacity fast enough, it's a supply and demand problem, college costs go up and up and up really fast. But, but, but these poor college students today, they're going to graduate. <laughs> With, with a loan that is equal to a house payment. And mm. that's just so distressing to me. Yeah. Um, a lot of those costs. And there there are some things they can do once they get out of colleges um, with, with those loans. But one of the interesting things to me, which you know, I think we're going to talk about a little later on, is how to, you know, how to prepare yourself for college in ways that will reduce the price of college. Um, you know, while you're still in high school or something, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm, with, I'm, you know, this is present with me is, um, I, I think parents now, and again, um, uh, people have different skill sets in a way and different conf- you know, confidence level with parents. And, you know, if you ask me about medicine or something, you know, I'm not, okay, okay. I kind of lean on my wife and stuff like that, but example, but I think kind of clearing the mind here, parents starting around that ninth or 10th grade, if they're thinking, okay, kids, I, yeah, I want to go to college. They've got to start talking about reality. You know, I mean, looking at Definitely. numbers and talking to uh, local college counselors, just asking questions, and but also putting it to pencil and paper and say, look, you know what, if we go here, A or B or C or D, what's it going to cost? What kind of resources? we And start trying to um, prepare it. Now, when I say prepare, yeah, I am going way back. If they say, well, this child's born, I want to go to college, then you, start, you can start there. But but again, the reality really starts kicking in um, ninth and tenth. You better start thinking about it. And you know, I saw a little article. They would that's what they were talking about. He and he's got a great point that um, it said something. You know, kids are, are getting so much in college uh, student loans or in debt that you know it's preventing them from buying a house, even preventing them from if they want to mm-hmm. get married as a couple. Everything's being pushed back. So so again, it's you know it's it, it, it's it's something that you know I think is very important in somebody's life, but also uh, if it's very important, then you got to sit down and really make some important decisions and really sure, think this thing statement. through. You know, I, I was one of seven children, and uh, education was pressed on us from the time we were in elementary school. We were told we, you know, we were going to college. Now, uh, our seven, uh, I'm, 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 seven children in our family, six of us have college degrees, and uh, five of us have advanced degrees. One of my sisters became a medical doctor, and that, that's just how... You know, you need to start with this college education uh, uh, format mm-hmm. when you're young, you know, high school, junior mm-hmm. high school, and, and just get that person involved in the uh, academic course in school. Mm-hmm. All right, Richard, thanks for the call. That really does help to kind of set the uh, the tone of what we were talking about. Uh, the uh, We know that those college costs are increasing, so we're going to come up with uh, some suggestions for you to maybe uh, help uh, reduce that uh, that burden. It's also an open topic day, so if you have a personal finance question for us, you can give us a call. The phone lines are open. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 
672-7464. You can send us an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. So Ryder Nancy usually has uh, some financial news uh, to share. Anything uh, on, on your mind, financially speaking? Uh, not not a huge bit, although I was reading this morning. This is, this is a topic that is always very interesting about uh, autonomous cars and how cars are going to drive us everywhere. Um, I was reading this morning how a lot of the large tech companies who were trying to have autonomous car divisions are backing out of it, and the CEO of uh, like Ford is kind of gloating because you know he was like, oh, they didn't think we were smart enough to build autonomous cars, but... They don't even know how to build a car. So, <laughs> what? So, I mean, do you think that that the maybe we're putting the pause on that? I mean, I, I still think it's inevitable, but is it maybe further off than maybe we would thought at one point? I, I think further off might might be might be a good way to to put it. Um, there are, you know, there, there's there's cars out there in the wild now that are driving semi autonomously, and and I think it's just going to be adding slowly adding features to existing cars you know you know first we got cruise control so we could drive without you know our foot on the accelerator now we have adaptive cruise control so if a car pulls in front of us it slows down we've got um crash sensors Mm -hmm. uh, all sorts so just adding you know technology to keep you in the single lane adding technology that'll slowly take the work out of driving for you one of the other things that's in the news is uh, AT&T wanting to uh, buy part of Time Warner. Um, and I guess do big merger deals like that, what kind of effect do they have on the market? And I guess at this point, though, it's still a little early maybe to be thinking about that. Um, so large mergers, people get excited about large mergers. You know, any sort of M&A activity is, is, is fun and exciting for everybody. But something like that, something that big with there's some antitrust concerns there is everyone knows it's going to take a long time. Um, and so people are really wary. And, and one thing it makes people do is they start looking at, oh, who else can do something like this? Um, I haven't I haven't really seen anybody doing like any kind of copycat M&A or any, anybody saying, oh, well, maybe they should do this with the company instead. But um, with that, there's, you know, some concerns, you know, are they going to, you know, is AT&T going to favor the content that Time Warner is putting out, which would be a problem uh, for other people trying to put content out. So those are a lot of concerns that are going to kind of slow the deal up. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we've got some phone calls lined up. So we'll hear from Annie, Frank, and Kirby. You're on the line. We'll get to your calls in just a minute. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. It's an open topic day, so we're looking for your financial uh, uh, issues. Uh, But we're also talking about ways to make college more affordable. We'll be back with more of the show after this. from Grammy Museum Mississippi presenting funk soul and R&B artist Nigel Hall in the Sanders soundstage for a conversation and live performance November 29th at 7 p.m. details at grammymuseumms.org 
Hey, y'all, I'm Felder Rushing. Ain't it a great day? Now, my truck stands out around town. A garden in the back will do that. You can make your car truck stand out with the new MPB Car Tag. MPB Car Tag. It's a great way to show your support for MPB. Visit mpbonline.org and sign up for yours today. Woohoo! Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and sitting in for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson this morning, Ryder Taft, the Portfolio Manager for New Perspectives. It's an open topic day, so we're looking for your personal finance questions this morning. We'll also hope to talk this hour about ways to make college more affordable. We've got some uh, phone calls lined up, so let's begin first in West Point as we say good morning to Annie. Hello, Annie. Good morning. What do you have for us? Well, I'm a former educator, and... You probably know, but often don't think about it, that everything on a high school transcript from the ninth grade up transfers or is considered in a a college application. Mm -hmm. Nothing before ninth grade counts. Mm -hmm. Every A, every B a student has translates into money toward a scholarship. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that determines whether or not colleges pay the student or the student pays the college. It's, I have had college recruiters come into my classes and talk to the students about this and other things, and the students had a chance to ask questions. It's it's my idea that every school in the state should invite a college recruiter in the first month of the student's ninth grade year and have them address the entire freshman class and let the students ask questions. The students don't generally understand that they start ninth grade with a blank slate and everything counts toward their future. I'd like to throw that out there for consideration. All right, Annie, uh, thanks for the call. That And that's a good point, and, you know, that maybe – uh, I would say middle school that might be a little bit too early that maybe that the kids wouldn't quite, quite grasp that and, and but uh, certainly when you when you start high school uh, to kind of steer them towards that college path to let them know as Annie's suggesting that hey the the, the slightest blank everything you do uh, could potentially impact your choice of colleges but also uh, how you finance that uh, college education. Yeah, I know as you um, uh, as you look at GPA but also as you look at the ACT and. Uh, uh, as you go up the ACT ladder and, and the grade or number, excuse me, and um, uh, all it does is just add it could add extra zero on there. So it's, absolutely, um, yeah. So it's, it's if she's exactly, I, I agree. I I mean, even with it, if it was ninth grade kids, I'd be honest with you, I'd, I'd almost make it required if it was on the weekend, make the parents come in and hear the story um, because they're academics, they're academic yeah. scholarships, they're grants, but also they're athletic scholarships. And I'll be honest with you, I think there's more academic scholarships out there. And grants available than there are total used athletic scholarships. So, mm-hmm. so again, you know, they've got to just pick what makes sense and and, um, and go down that road. Absolutely. Let's move on. Next, we're going to go. Uh, Frank's called in from Memphis with a question for us today. Good morning, Frank. Hello, uh, 
my question is, I'm, I'm nearing uh, 70 and a half, and I have uh, several IRAs and, and uh, retirement packages with different uh, investments, and uh, some pay a good return and some not so good. And uh, the min- minimum distribution, is there a way to uh, get your minimum distribution from the ones that's not paying as good so I could leave the money in the ones that's paying better uh, longer? Is there a, a way that that can be done? Um, well, Frank, your your minimum distribution is is it doesn't matter which account it comes out of. So say you have, you know, three IRAs and they're all the same amount. Say you have a distribution of $1,000 from each of them. You could just take $3,000 from one of those IRAs. That's fine. The IRS doesn't really care what order you do it in. Um, One issue is going to be how those accounts are structured and if the custodian allows you to take out more than that minimum distribution. What I have seen is some people will get their money tied up in an annuity, um, you know, maybe through no fault of their own. They They may get their money tied up in an annuity and the annuity company will say, hey, this is your RMD. We'll let you take that, but we're not going to take let you take anything else without penalty. So it depends on how it's structured, but you can just call up, you add up all your numbers for your RMD and call your uh, call, call your least favorite one and say, hey, I want to take all this out, and if they let you do it, you got it. All right, Frank, thanks for your call. Uh, let's move on next. We go to Kirby, who is here in Mississippi with us. Good morning, Kirby. How you doing? Good. Uh, my question is concerning my 401k. Uh, I have stock in this company, and at the beginning of next year, I'll no longer be over here. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to move my 401k to a IRA. Mm-hmm. Is it, but when I move it to an IRA, my stock is included in that company, or, or will they just cash it all out and just roll it over in a value form, and I won't have a stock in the company? Is there any way that I can keep the stock that I have and the remainder just rolled it over to our IRA. Most of the time, they send a 401k just over as a check. So they would cash the whole thing out and send it over into your IRA. Sometimes if the if the stock is purchased in kind of a separate plan, um, kind of maybe part of the same, but, but not the same account, they may leave it there, or they may be able to transfer that in whole. Um one thing you could if if you really do want to keep the stock if you think that is the best decision for you if you work with your financial advisor and they say yeah absolutely keep that that's a great idea and they're not going to transfer the whole thing you can just buy it the first time right when the check shows up it'll you know maybe you'll not own it for a few days but since it's in an IRA type account there's not going to be any tax consequence and so long as the stock doesn't go crazy into like 3 days that you don't own it, then you'll be fine. Okay. All right. Thanks for your call. Let's move next to Frank in Jackson. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Um, talking about college, the cost of college, um, ninth grade is just about the right time, like the lady said, for kids to start thinking about that, and parents, too. My kids asked me, why did we have to borrow so much money, my wife and myself, to send them to college? And I said, it's because your great-grandfather did not plan for you going to college. And I think that the savings plan that Mississippi has, where grandparents and aunts and uncles 
can start saving money and putting money aside, you know, two generations ahead, that'll that'll be a great big help. Um, about the cost, it depends a lot on the value you want to get from the degree. Uh, we send our kids to some pretty expensive schools, and it is paid off immensely because when you go to a certain school, you get into a network of alumni and of other organizations. In fact, my son got a a uh, TV job because he went to the same school as the uh, general manager of the local TV station. And so, you know, that is something you have to take in, into account as well. On the personal finance side, I heard a very disturbing report, and I have a question about that, where some providers are quoting different prices on the Internet to persons who are purchasing uh, services. The case in point was a, a college prep course where they identify certain uh, zip codes and, and patterns in Internet usage to identify the economic, uh, racial, and ethnic uh, source of the person trying to purchase the service, and they adjusted the price according to the demographic information they had on that person. To the uh, personal finance person, how do we know that the prices we're getting from E-Trade and all these Internet stock uh, services are the price. Um, is, there a golden, is there a golden database where you know for sure what the prices are, or are we just at the mercy of these uh, Internet algorithms that will customize pricing based upon where you are? Uh, well, Frank, I don't know that I've heard that. Uh, specifically, but if if you're talking about is particularly online brokers, things like that, they generally do publish a a, a kind of it's not a not a golden database for all of them, but each individual company will publish their maximum fee schedule. Um, they there are there are reasons and there are ways they may charge one customer more than another, but that is generally not for geographic or demographic lines. Um, they may charge based on account size or how frequently you trade or what sort of investments you have, but generally not for many other reasons. Um, you can. Generally, you can generally find for every broker, you can find what they charge. And like I said, they will have a fee schedule, which, you know, if you can't find it easily on their website, you can call them and ask them for it. Most of them will advertise. On online brokerages are very competitive. So they, you know, generally prices are coming down. And if it's for smaller financial advisors, I mean, I mean, I can tell you someone like myself, I do not charge based on based on who you are, or where you come from. We have we try to be very transparent with our fee. It might be a case of somebody with some really nasty fine print in there, but we we are required to you know be very transparent with our fee and um, and that that's what you that's what you want. You want someone with a fiduciary duty to you who's going to be transparent about that fee. All right, Frank, we appreciate that call. Uh, we are on Money Talks this morning, uh, talking, uh, taking your personal finance questions, but also we're going to be talking about the ways to reduce the cost of college. We've got some open phone lines. If you'd like to chime in this morning, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 672 
888-789-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So we talk about reducing the cost of college. And one thing that Frank mentioned, that uh, the state of Mississippi has uh, two uh, programs. Uh, and actually, I think the state treasurer is kind of uh, just an advertising push here with a new uh, I think a new um, spokes um, mascot or something, an owl or whatever it is, and a, a, a new set of adver- uh, advertisements. But there are two plans that will help uh, finance college educations here in Mississippi. Roger, could you tell us a little bit about those? And then you've got some ideas on other ways to reduce costs. Yeah, and so, so let me just back up a second. Most of the time when people talk about college costs, they focus on, you know, saving for it in advance. You know, this is a very easy thing for financial advisors to do is say, oh, I can calculate how much you need to save every month if you want to afford college. Boom, that's easy. Uh, or they focus on paying down the debt because that's a big thing that's unavoidable once you already have it. Um, so the two plans that Mississippi has, and we have decent plans, they are um, five to nine plans. One of them is a savings vehicle. It you you save on your Mississippi income tax, and once money is in there, it grows free of all taxes, federal, state, and local taxes. And when you take it out and spend it on educational expenses, which is a it's a fairly broad category, basically anything that you need to go to college, then um, that is that is tax free again, federal, state, and local. So and that is the account that's really good for if you open an account for a child. Usually have it in your name is the best way to have it as far as financial aid goes. Have it, have it in the parent's name with the child as the beneficiary, and pretty much anyone can put money in it. And you get in Mississippi up to $10,000 gets to be a, a tax deduction for you. The other one we have is the impact in Mississippi prepaid affordable college tuition plan. Basically, there is a chart on the treasurer's website which says, you know, how many tuition hours do you want to buy? Do you want to buy it at a community college or a university? And how old is the child? And it says how much you need to pay for it. And basically, that's just going to – you prepay the tuition, so you lock in whatever price they've negotiated right now. And so if tuition goes up fast, as it has in the past, then you win. Um, that's a they're, – they're both pretty good plans. Um reasonably well managed there were some issues with the impact plan but they closed it recalculated their numbers and reopened it and so it is it is good to go and i have talked with lynn fitch and they are not using the new money to kind of subsidize the old money so so you can be assured that you are getting everything you paid for and again as frank suggested aunts uncles grandparents to help out Absolutely. that would be would, would would that work with either of the programs or is it primarily the savings yes account? they don't i don't know that they have primary the savings account is easy because you can say hey you know throw in a hundred dollars throw in their birthday money their christmas money um with the prepaid tuition i'm i'm not sure if they have it completely set up but i know they're working on making it possible for someone to buy as little as just one credit hour uh, for somebody else. It's very easy to do on the saving side. It's a little just, I think it's just a paperwork hurdle for them to overcome before they can really get that get that ironed out on the um, prepaid tuition side. But and it's again, coming. Your suggestion to have it in the parent's name, is, is that in case Junior decides not to go to college, maybe his brother or sister <laughs> could still benefit? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of advantages. And, and firstly, it is uh, in case someone decides not to go to college. Um, or if you kind of forget about the account and the child turns 21 and you, you thought, oh, hey, I want to use this money for someone else. Well, wh- 
once they turn 21, they would be able to take ownership of the account and they would be in charge of the money. Um, but also importantly for for federal student aid purposes, if it is in the child's name, it counts. Well, if it's in the child's name, it should count as an asset of the parent. And so you're fine. Uh, it used to be different. It would count as an asset of the child, which would count uh, more. You would get less federal student aid for the same amount. But one thing a lot of people do is, you know, a grandparent will open the account and that's fine. As long as the grandparent owns it, then it doesn't show up on the student aid form at all. But once the grandparent sends the money to the child, it counts as income of the child. So you send your kid, you know, $10,000 and that's $5,000 less of student aid they can get. Whereas if it's in the parent's name, the effect is much, much smaller. It's, it's like, it's like 5%, you know, it's like, $500 that you don't get to use. So that's why the the ideal owner of a 529 for for financial reasons and just for kind of legal reasons of who has their hands in the money is uh, the parents. All right. We need to take another quick break. When we got, uh, come back, we got a couple more calls on the line. It's an open topic day, and we're also discussing ways to reduce the cost of college. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more of the program after this. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager for New Perspectives. He's sitting in uh, this week for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. It's an open topic day. We're focusing a little bit, though, on uh, ways to reduce college, uh, the cost of college. We've got some open phone lines, so if you'd like to chime in on that, or if you do have a personal finance question, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We've got some calls on the line, but Ryder, I know you did do some research on, on ways to reduce some costs. So we talked about those uh, mm -hmm. plans that you can, the 529 plans here in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. What is maybe another idea on your on your list there? Okay, so so the 529 plan, great for saving uh, ahead of time. Uh, there, But there are things that the student can do, for instance. Um, when... And, and this was something really interesting to me. You know, like I said, most people you focus on beforehand saving or afterwards paying off debt. But when a student is applying, they can make sure that the schools they are applying to want them. Um, and and that's to say, make sure the school is really an excellent fit. You know, and, and a lot of people, you know, your your daughter and Chris, she's just she's set on MSU. Um, but when and and if you're going to a state public school, you're probably getting you know fairly good in state tuition. That's great. 
But if you make sure that the school is an excellent fit, you can work with an admissions counselor to kind of understand what schools are looking for, what schools are looking for a student like you. You you know, you may have the kind of, you know, the academic background that's, you know, going to be good for a lot of schools, but maybe your special talent, your special skill, what you have been involved in, you know, were you involved in the band or the football team or the debate team? There's going to be a school looking for a student like you, and they're going to make you a much better offer than anyone else because they want you there. Um, so being willing to look at other schools and kind of approach it from a who wants me as opposed to which campus do I think is the coolest is is a really great way for students to save a ton of money on college. All right. Very good. Let's head back to the phone line. So we'll begin again in Columbus. Diane is on the line. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. What do you have for us? Well, what I have is some things that students can do in preparation that will reduce their costs. Fantastic. Okay. First of all, students need to be on track to be college ready when they go to school. When they have to take remedial courses, and between 50 and 60% of students in the state of Mississippi have to do that, uh, then they increase their cost of college or they increase the length of time that it takes them to complete college. So if they can stay on track for that, then that's a big help to them. And one of the ways that they can do that they can check where they stand is to take the ACT toward the end of their sophomore year and toward the end of their junior year. This, their ACT has a series of scores that tells you what is college ready for this year mm-hmm. that you can compare to. So a student doesn't have to pay for those courses, that, that those remedial courses. In the second place, if he's staying on track, then he may be qualified, he or she may be qualified to take, um, uh, oh dear, just a- lost the word. AP? College courses, well, AP courses and college courses. Mm-hmm. Um, dual enrollment courses where they would get mm-hmm. credit both at the college level and at the high school level. When they take those dual, when they're able, when they're eligible to take those dual enrollment courses, they get those courses the, for the college at a re- highly reduced rate. In some cases, it's even free to be able to take those courses, and they only have to pay for books. Um, and then the third way that they can do that is to consider a community college for the first two years. Mm-hmm. It's a good education. It's the core courses that you're going to need, and there are not very many majors where you can't get everything you need in the first two years at a community college. So that's my suggestion. All right. Good call, Diane. Thanks for the tips. And I would also say uh, community college. If uh, someone is maybe not necessarily ready to go off to college on their own, if parents think that maybe they need a little more, uh, not nurturing, but it's sort of a slower way into college, it's a good way because usually I would imagine those are a little bit closer to home mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's, a, it's a good way to ease into a higher education. That was a really excellent point, Diane. I'm glad that you were reading my notes for me. <laughs> um, you know, it's especially just for, it's especially easy for us student who's just planning on going staying in state or something it's really easy to transfer again like you said they can stay at home the cost of the college itself is so much less the cost of living with your parents is so much less and um, they can they can knock out a lot of important stuff there. and I don't I don't know where the floor is but if uh, kids get a certain ACT level I mean score ACT they possibly can go oh, yeah. to junior college for free free yeah. so you know it's in, in like you stay at home go to school free if that's an if that's if that's the best option and that makes sense for that family unit, that's two years out of the way. And all, like you said, all that will transfer Absolutely. to a four-year school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right, let's uh, head back to the phone lines. Rick's in Grand Bay this morning. Hello, Rick. Hey, hello. Uh, I was pretty fortunate when I got out of the military. I had a little bit of GI Bill to go to, go to school on, but I, I prostituted myself to uh, several industries like uh, General Electric, Westinghouse, Allen Bradley, and I was working on a project. This is back in 75 and 76 on making an, an autonomous car. Our idea was that there'd be an antenna buried in the in the interstate. And you would drive up to the uh, on the entrance program where you wanted to get on. The car would find that antenna down there, and then it would follow that antenna. Uh, several of the ideas that I had uh, got into the military, such as uh, the Air Force is using this thing that they put across the, uh, uh, an airman's uh, forehead, and if his, his eyes get droopy. It'll, it'll send him a shock to the temples of his head and wake him up. <laughs> but um, I made I made a front end of a car that steered electrical electric pneumatic for for my project. Hmm. And uh, but I but they they paid for all my school. I mean, after all, you're not going to come out of school and own your own business. You see, you had to prostitute yourself anyways. You might as well prostitute yourself while you're at school. You know. <laughs> Well, let's, let's use the word we, you marketed yourself <laughs> in front of uh, Rick. But, uh, I, you know, again, what, what he did, I guess I'm going to say, he had a skill set and mm-hmm. he had a great mind for certain things. And, and, and even with kids getting ready to go off to college, they said, look, you know what, I, I want to go to this school. Maybe I've got some scholarship. Maybe I've got a little grant here. But, you know, I've got to work to make up the rest of it. Well, you know, if, you, if that what it looks like, don't wait till May of, of graduation and go, well, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Really start start hunting and finding and if they said, Well I need to make you know, two or three thousand dollars this semester, each semester, okay, what's available? Work study, what's all available right. out there, really redo some research, but do it a year ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think what you, what it sounded like you were talking about a lot of especially engineering, especially science and engineering companies they do and science and engineering schools do is they'll do a co-op year or a co-op semester. I know Mississippi State is pretty good about this. I know I've had some friends do co-op semesters and and the company will pay you to work and then oftentimes if they like you, if they want you to work from they will pay for some of your school and school in big engineering schools, Mississippi State, I know Georgia Tech is phenomenal at doing that. Every, almost every student does a co-op year there. So that's a really great way. It gets you it gets you stuff for your resume. It gets you a paycheck. It gets your school paid for and probably a job when you come out. So that's a that's a great idea for people looking into engineering. Yeah, I knew of a, a, a young man, just incredible young man, that did that at State Engineering and co-opted. And I'm going to tell you, when he was coming out of school in, in, in that field, um, uh, you know, he had two or three offers on the table, mm-hmm. and, and, and again, the the I think uh, co-oping just across the board for a lot of fields is very beneficial. It's a great idea. It can be. We need to take one final break this hour. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. It's an open topic day, so we're looking for your personal finance questions, focusing somewhat this morning on reducing the cost of college. The phone lines are open, so if you'd like to call in before the show is over, call us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. The number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four, or send an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more Money Talks after this break.
Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join me each Tuesday for Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Each week we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental obstacles to family interaction, from depression to handling life's disruptions, discovering things that make you happy, or how to get around things keeping you from your happiness. I want to hear what's going on in your life. Relatively Speaking, part of the Daily Southern Remedy series, this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions. And Ryder Taff is the portfolio manager for New Perspectives. He's sitting in this morning for Nancy Lottridge-Anderson. We've been uh, taking your personal finance questions, but also discussing a lot about ways to reduce the cost of college. Uh, Ryder's had some great suggestions, kind of review what we've been talking about. There are the 529 plans, ways that you can uh, put away money for uh, your child's education, both to kind of lock in um, a tuition rate, but also to create a savings account for the other expenses that go along with college. We talked about, uh, Ryder talked about the idea of trying to find a college that really matches your skill set. What are you good at to where the college wants you to attend the, and they'll be uh, uh, really more willing to offer in some incentives. Talked about the idea of community college, going to that for a couple of years to uh, uh, reduce the cost and maybe ease into the idea of going on to higher education and talked about co-oping where you uh, some businesses will kind of help pay for your college expenses knowing what they'll get in return uh, when you continue working for the company. So Ryder, uh, something else there that you could share with us? So just a couple things, because this year they moved the uh, availability of the uh, FAFSA, so the, the application for student aid. Um, so there's a few things that parents need to do. Since this year, it's going to – since it, they've moved the deadline earlier, you're looking at an earlier tax year. So if you're going to play any kind of – I don't mean tricks like illegal tricks, but just like tips and tricks for reducing – you know, for putting putting your money into IRAs so that that doesn't count um, – and spending down your child's assets, you need to do that a couple years in advance now. And just making sure you're maxing out your IRAs, you know, as much as as much as you can afford, that's going to mean less assets outside of IRAs, which count on the student aid form. Um, also, if your child has has accounts of their own, you know, maybe their grandparents set them up an account years ago and they've got a couple thousand dollars, spin that down so it does not count against them for student aid. And you have to spend that money on the child. Um, that is self-reported, but, you know, you can't charge them rent or anything, but, you know, if, if whatever kind of expenses they have, um, you can pay their allowance out of that, I guess. Um, so that is... You need to spend that down a couple of years in advance, so that'll help you out. That'll make you look a little, a little more needy on the FAFSA. And then the FAFSA is the the form that you that everyone fills out to kind of get the whole uh, financial aid ball rolling, as it were. Correct, correct. And so there's there's a good ch- section of kind of middle income people who, when they do something like that, it's going to really help them out a lot. There's some people they're always going to get some good financial aid. There's some people who are never going to get financial aid, but there are a lot of people in the middle who, you know, they just, oh, this one bank account they have, oh, it looks too big, you know, and that's their emergency savings. But there's ways you can, there's ways you can um, work that down a little bit. You know, Cal, I was just thinking about this. If you, if a, a parents of two kids sat down and the first child was you no know, 10th grade and the parents just looked at the child, and I'm just playing this out, said, look, we want you to go to college, but we just hadn't saved anything, and, and you know, uh, you need to go to college, but we can't pay for it. 
now. Mm-hmm. You know, then your kid goes, you know, and that's not a negative or positive. Let's just say I'm, I'm a realist. And okay, now what's the plan from there? And, and again, we, you know, and I'm not saying it's a perfect plan, but I'm going back to the, okay, junior college mm-hmm. route, maybe if I get a high enough ACT score, it pays for it. Mm-hmm. We're back to academics. Work part time mm-hmm. while maybe save up some money could get through the third year of college and it's not this simple but and then in the fourth year you know working it but the bottom line is if if you do need to borrow money on that third or fourth year you know, get out in four years don't don't have a fifth year yep. um, I might have to borrow a little bit of money yeah and I'll be honest with you you go ten thousand compared to eighty thousand mm-hmm. and you know maybe you've and you come out and I'm just tell you that's a big difference when you start paying that money back and so i think that's where reality has to set in with parents and kids and thinking ahead and be as honest as they can be and when it comes to taking out you know student loans it's really it's really hard for a a high schooler to understand the impact of student loans but if if they have an older sibling or an older family friend who does have student loans and who can really you know explain to them how that impacted them i know i have seen that have a big difference in in what sort of colleges people want to go to you know it's like hey you know i really appreciate that education i got but the cost, this burden of student loans, you really need to to be a little careful getting into it. And that's not to say don't ever do it, but um, just make sure it's worth it for you. And on a point on that, I know the, the a lot of study abroad programs. And when I was in college back in the dark ages, that was kind of becoming to be popular. And, you know, it's an idea of, hey, I get to go to England and whatever. But, you know, again, think about that. The, what, what's going to be on the back end there? And, and can you afford that? Is it worth it uh, when you accumulate those student loans and have to pay those off uh, after graduation? Uh, Linda is on the line from Alabama this morning. Hello, Linda. Hey there. What do you have for us? I've got three graduated and one that is in school. A couple things that I learned. One, the biggest thing I found out is your child wants to go to school in a southern region college, and of course, out-of-state tuition is extremely high. There is a group called the Common Market, and if you live in Mississippi and they don't offer that particular course of study in the Mississippi schools, but they offer it, for instance, in Alabama, they will pay the difference, and you only have to pay the in-state tuition. That's big. Yeah, I have a friend who took advantage of that, actually. Okay. Second is, um, I know a lot of kids um, will live in apartments, and when they live in apartments, a lot of time the leases um, go through the summer. So when you're talking about taking classes at a community college, you know, you or the the parents are on the hook for still the lease during the summer. That's the perfect time for them to go to the community school where they are and take some of those core classes that are less expensive. And if you still got to pay for the apartment, okay, you can still get those classes and get more done. Mm -hmm. And then three, if you're in a dorm and you do come home, then go to community school during the summer and pick up those classes again cheaper than having to take them at a university. All right. Yeah. Linda, thanks for the call. You know, I would say also uh, going to summer school is 
uh, it's sort of accelerated. So a, a friend of mine uh, who graduated from Southern went, you know, it, it's a little bit much because you're, you're go, go, go. But I think it, the advantages of, of, of summer school of, at the college level certainly pay off because it's, you know, it's an accelerated uh, courses and you can get a lot of your academic stuff out of the way. Yeah, that's a really great point, especially with the concern of people taking five or six years to get a bachelor's degree. If you're knocking out a couple of these classes during the summer, uh, that's, I mean, that's fantastic. I don't want every student out there to, to lose their summer vacation. And, you know, even even if you're just staying around in town to, to work on a meaningful job um, and maybe do some tutoring, maybe a class in there as well. But that's a really good point about you're still paying for that apartment over the summer. So mm -hmm. you might want to get some use out of it and also get your kid out of your house. <laughs> Uh, so I think, you know, the bottom line is really, you know, if uh, if you're a parent of a child and you want your kids to go to college, that it is really kind of never too early uh, to start planning. It takes a lot of research and, and planning in advance, but I think uh, your uh, the results are good because I think your your child would certainly appreciate that when where they're able to graduate and, and get a good uh, job and start their career. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you want to hear today's show or previous show, one of the ways that you can do it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Our show is produced by Sam Wells, and our call screener today was Jonas Adams. So for Ryder Taff and Chris Burford, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned up next. It's In Legal Terms. That's followed at 11 by Southern uh, Remedy. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>